This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From a makeshift studio, <laughs> Rog, in the bowels of the Altman Building. The bowels. On West 18th Street in New York's Manhattan neighborhood, Rog. In Chelsea, I imagine we are. It's the, the American Chelsea. It's a World Cup final. Instant react. Podcast. Yeah, we've just watched the World Cup final with yeah. Megan Rapino. Yeah. A World Cup winner. The World Cup's over. We can care about the US men's national team again. They're relevant again, Davo. Thank yeah. God. Back in our lives. I'd say oh, the men's World Cup final. You never know in your life how many of these you have left. A men's World Cup final. I will lift my beer up and say, please, God, in our lifetimes, Davo, may America be in one of these. I just in in a men's World Cup final. That and a morbid start. It's to true the, to, to, to the react. Is how many more World Cup? Are you measuring the rest of your life and how many more World Cup finals? Yeah. By the way, see? by the way, I did. We did before the game kicked off here at this Bud Live uh, activation with Charlie XCXCXVCX. Uh, on stage, we took the stage and raised a beer before the World Cup. And I did say, I raised my beer. There's like a thousand quite uh, happy World Cup watchers. I did say, raise a beer to the World Cup. Let's make great memories. Let's make shared collective glimmers. And everyone went crazy. And then I did say, you don't know how many more of these you've got left in your life. And everyone just cheered again. Hooray! I've had 14 in my life. Rog. Yep. And this was one uh, of I, the... I it was one of the... But I want another 14, frankly. I w I'll be very unhappy. Uh, this was one of the best World Cup finals I remember. It was. And we were trying to think of, of more entertaining ones. 78, Argentina. That was a good one. Uh, the Netherlands was ecstatic, mostly because I was a tiny kid. It was the yeah. first I'd ever I seen. I enjoyed 66 quite a lot. Yeah. I was, I was three months old. Oh, I was just... Uh, I was 27 in 1966. <laughs> um, I had the uh, podcasting had not yet been invented. 2000... Uh, six, definitely up there. Yeah. But wherever you watched it, I hope you made great memories because normally World Cup finals are anticlimactic. This one, though. <laughs> Particularly 2010 when we had to watch on a 3D television wearing <laughs> yeah. 3D glasses first, in my office. The first World Cup we ever watched together, the <laughs> final, it was in David's office. He's like, this is going to be the future. I've got one of four 3D television sets in the world. Come and watch it with me. And we sat there. The we sat there. It's such a headache. Yeah. By the way, my retina were burnt for about three <laughs> weeks after that, but it was so, so awesome. Yeah. It was like watching FIFA, but like a 1997 version of the FIFA game yeah. is what it was like. Uh, this one, Dave, out. Yeah. not anticlimactic. It was no. hammer and tongs. Yeah. I mean, it really was. Some dodgy refereeing in there uh, by Neverbald, uh, Nesta, uh, uh, the old Argentinian former actor. But yeah. tons, tons of drama from the off. Croatia, yeah. so game, so oh, moderate, so physical and tenacious from that kickoff, flinging his body around the field like a Croatian Iggy Pop. Uh, yeah, Croatia are a very physical team. We're not used to seeing Modric play <sighs> such physical football. Um, he and flung just himself very around. Impressive. And you felt from the beginning, Croatia wanted to impose themselves from the off. And you also felt, you know, France want Croatia to come on to them. They want Croatia to become overconfident, to overextend, to overextend their supply lines, uh, uh, to be able to strike them on the counter. And that's what happened. I mean, the first time, the first time Anton Griezmann touched the ball, Davo, what happened? Well, he he went down, 
Some would say a, a little early that he was already on the way down at the point uh, that the foul came in. Um, but Nesta was not... Uh, not for changing. Yeah, was not for changing, and it was a free oh, kick. So and you brave, sort of Griezmann. Sensed, you sort of sensed, just as you've sensed in almost every set piece in this World Cup, that something, uh, something uh, large was about to happen. Uh, it did. It did, and the only shock, we knew own goal was going to step up. Yeah. The only shock of this World Cup is that in a World Cup of own goals, not only Phil Jones, yeah. not only Gary Cahill, neither of them, did not get on the scoreboard, nor did Dejan Lovren, yeah. whose name is Croatian for self-sabotage, self-destruction, and own goal, did not make it. It was Mandzukic who scored the first ever own goal in World Cup final history. But you've got to credit Croatia. You've got to credit Croatia because throughout... They didn't wilt, Davo. They took. They, if they were a boxer and you manage boxers, you yeah. own boxers. They mm -hmm. well, that, that chin they have. Yeah, they've got a strong jaw, Rog, without a doubt. And they came back, um, and deserved it. Um, Perisic, a fantastic Ivan Perisic, fantastic move. He lost N'Golo Kante, which is very, very hard to do. Made him actually look like a schoolboy. He didn't just lose him. I mean, it was a move that was so delicious, so intelligent, just. Kind of faking the snatch shot, knocking the ball into space before lashing at home. I think he took Angolo Kante's virginity, David. Yeah, he I've got to look at the game today. It was so sweet what yeah, he did. He's too and young. I, he hasn't lost it yet. I mean, oh, absolutely. And then running to the camera. Yeah. Running to the camera. I mean, a, a, a Manchester United rumoured target. So many of yeah. these Croatian players, by the way, yeah. playing for massive moves. Yeah. Um, so Mourinho didn't even see Pogba having the game of his life. He was just watching, or he was just scouting for Croatian talent. Perisic goes off a nice celebration, flaunting his leg muscles, lifting up his shorts to show his leg Which muscles. Which Davo's doing to me yeah, now. Yeah, I do. I love him. I'm That's just trying to. Why are we only doing a podcast? We should be doing it. It should be in Smellovision. Yeah. And it should be in uh, some kind of. If only there was a thing called Instagram Live yeah. where we could show Davo. I'm going to do it during my next tennis match. What muscle is that? Whatever it, it is. It's your quad. Rod. I don't have one. Don't quad. talk to me Look as if that. I have Look one. Your quad. I don't have one, mate. I mean, Perisic, it was like looking at a. a, a a Croatian Ronaldo. I mean, yeah. he was trolling Ronaldo and he went to the camera. It was like, that's not a knife. You call that a knife? That's yeah. not a thigh muscle. This is a Croatian groin and and, uh, and thigh. There was another beautiful moment in, in, that, in that Croatian goal, which I thought was was a was a an incredibly courageous goal. Other teams would have wilted. They got right back into it. But there was the moment the cameras panned on, on, on Croatian coach Zlatko Dalic and just an adrenaline-filled moment, a moment of wonder for his tiny nation. You wouldn't have known his team had scored. He was just all business. He didn't even allow himself a smile, not nary a fist pump. He just grimaced, Davo. And you knew then, Croatia, all business. You knew exactly where they got it from. Yeah, without a doubt. Can I say something, though? That we've got to give a shout-out to HBS, who produced all of these pictures at the World Cup. The, the cutaways the to the VIP... Yeah, the cutaways to the, to the, to the VIP booth... Um, this today was a classic. Putin, Macron, the lady president of Croatia, and Infantino, the uh, the, the the head of FIFA. Yeah. Um, every reaction shot 
was just glory. Yeah, I think Vladimir Putin was not fully aware, I don't think, that he was at a World Cup final. He thought it was a propaganda rally, and he, it was one of the, he couldn't believe it was probably one of the least exciting propaganda rallies he'd ever been to. He looked incredibly bored. He slumped. He tried to show... Slumped. Yeah, he didn't look like a man who could take his shirt off and ride on horseback. He was, trying to, he was trying to show the Siberian meat lobby that the meeting he was about to have with them this afternoon was more important. Yeah. He's got that, that gentleman had more. He definitely has more important fish to fry than yeah. the World Cup final. Yeah, he's a rugby fan. He doesn't <laughs> like football. The optics were bad though. Infantino jollying it up with Vladimir Putin. Oh, let's just say what for FIFA. Well, <laughs> it's hard to tell. Was what, what, for was FIFA, it? this was this was this was class. Remember the theme tune of FIFA? It's let's count the money. Get apartment for all our cats. It's like a. <laughs> this is a. Um, FIFA is like they're they're quite happy to be associated God. with with Vladimir Putin. Wh when you frame it like that, to be candid, it was terrible optics for Vladimir Putin to be to be seen right. to be with such you're a crook. Right. Vladimir Putin was like, I can't believe I have to be photographed for this crook Infantino, and Infantino's like, I can't believe I have to be photographed for this. They had a crook off, um, but back on the field there was another kind of robbery because the second goal for France, Davo Var chiming in with its first big World Cup final call. Not clear it was the right one, David. Yeah, it was a, it's a difficult thing because, look, the ball did definitely hit his hand. Megan Rapinoe was saying that, like, we just don't know what the rule is. But there isn't a rule, it's the interpretation. And uh, it definitely hits the hand. Having said that, it was only because the French player in front of him missed the ball, which you never would have imagined him missing the ball. So his hand was out. The French guy misses the ball and it hits him in the hand. It's pretty inadvertent but slightly contact. But slightly odd placement of the hand, according well, to Nesta Pitana. Although, yeah. I, to be candid, I think he only used VAR, that fine Argentinian referee, so that he could go to the monitor and then just flex his back muscles. He, he did flex, didn't he? Did you yeah. see that? He stood there with his legs spread. He looked like Ronaldo about to take a, ref uh, to take a free kick. Yeah. Stood there, legs spread, flexing those back muscles, um, knowing that the whole world was watching him. Uh, he enjoyed his moment. A harsh call, however you you frame it. Again, on Perisic, incredibly harsh. And then I thought, credit to Griezmann, the penalty taker. So much time went, so much time to freeze. Often when you're taking a penalty kick and the, y y you can be iced mentally by having too much time go from the award of the penalty because the Croatians then swarm the referee to protest knowing they were essentially icing the French kicker. I think Griezmann is the one player in football you cannot ice. I don't believe he thinks about taking a penalty. I think he's only thinking about the opportunity to drop another fortnight selling. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. He was, he, was, he, he was just thinking. He's very focused. They say often in sport, you just got to focus on where you're putting the ball. He's a step beyond that. He's just focused. He's got, he's got no, he hasn't even thought about yeah, that. Yeah. He's just focusing yeah. on how do I get to go and do my Fortnite dance? Nothing is going to stand in the way yeah, of me nothing, doing that. Nothing. Ronaldo, all he wants to do is score goals purely so he can expose his nipples to the world. Griezmann just wants to do the, the loser selly. Um, again, you knew, though, that was not going to be the last goal. France, oddly in this game, seeming so vulnerable still to the Croatian width. Again, so much respect for this Croatian team. You can hear the rave that's going on upstairs, by the way. Um, their tenacity of oh, the, uh, the Croatians. I'd love to bottle that and have some in our American team. They weren't cowed at all, this team, by being in the World Cup final. Their fans, credit the Croatian fans, who, who came in from across the Croatian diaspora. There were the Croatians that flew in from Australia 27 hours en masse just to take in this historic moment for their tiny country. But then, 
There were the Pussy Riot pitch invasions. We are full on Pussy Riot at Men in Blazers. Team we revere. We are Team Pussy Riot, right? But you kind of saw when when the demonstrators ran on the field, um, the moment kind of took a lull into the injected a lull into the game. Took some point. The, the moment it, it, it was, was a turning point, Rog. It was a turning point. At that point, Croatia had been pressing to get back into the game. They looked they looked good, and suddenly it all changed. You saw Rakitic howl yeah. at the referee. Just the loss of momentum. They took their foot off for a minute. And it, you, you saw Mbappe, by the way, Mbappe high-fiving with the Pussy Riot protest that may have been my favourite moment of the World yeah. Cup. I showed a photo to Megan Rapino of the moment when Mbappe double fist uh, high-fived uh, the Pussy Riot protester. And I was like, that is amazing. And Megan's like, I, she's like, nah. So what did she say? He's 19 years old. There's no way he knew who they were. I think he's got all the Pussy Riot's albums, yeah. Mbappe. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And... It did take the momentum out of the game. Either that or France are deeply inspired by the protest work of Pussy Riot yeah. because oh, uh, suddenly an RBB tweeted us to RPB tweeted us to say from that moment on, every Croatia player suddenly looked lesser. Just like they, they suddenly just looked like they, they were just extras in any Die Hard movie because France stepped up. Pogba stepped up. What a move, David. Yeah, no, it was an amazing move. Started it. Yeah, he started it with that amazing uh, ball um, out to the out to the right, and then ends up with that phenomenal rebound to uh, to score the goal with his left. His own rebound, finishing the move. He's good again, good again, just in time to go to Barcelona. I will say, as he wheeled away, roared away in celebration, just open mouthed in astonishment, delirious with joy and vindication. I imagine after taking an incredible amount of negative feedback over the last year. This must have been incredibly vindicating. I just hope all of you listeners at home get to experience even a fraction of the joy he must have felt in that moment, even for just five seconds. Mbappe then stepped up to add his name uh, to the pantheon of French heroes in World Cup finals, lashing the ball home, adding probably 50 to 60 million to his Real Madrid move. Megan at that point turned to us and said, this is turning into a replay of the last Women's World Cup final. Hugo Lloris, God love, did make it interesting. What is it with goalkeepers called Lloris or with Lloris in their name? Yeah, there you go. It is. It, 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 that, was a, that was not his great moment. I hope he's, he's, uh, he's receiving a lot of bants in yeah. the French dressing room about that. Where they probably call him now Hugo Lloris Carius. Yeah. Um, Croatia, though, needed to bring on someone special. I, I wonder what Christian Pulisic, who's actually Croatian. Um, uh, available felt watching this how much he would have loved to have tumbled on in those Croatian pyjamas they couldn't find another goal to make it interesting and I will say 4-2 the final score but we got a salute both teams France's intelligence and ripple muscle Croatia's courageous tenacity their ability to run and run and run and give us, Davo, a final that was fitting for the greatest World Cup of our yeah, lifetime. Yeah, and I think France, definitely the best team in the tournament, won it. And I've got to hand it to Croatia. They were the second best team in the tournament. They've got the most valuable player of the tournament, the winner of the um, of the uh, Ballon d'Or, um, Luka Modric. And, you know, it's a... Um, golden ball. Sorry, the golden ball. Like, it's a... Um, they both teams deserve to be there, and they they served up a great final with conflicting styles. But you saw that French team, Rog. They just got better and better and better throughout this World Cup. As you've said, they bought into the collective. They bought into the team collective. But gradually, within that collective, the stars the quality. figured out a way to go and flourish 
and the stars turned out today, Rog. I will say French glory is still so hard to meet a stomach. Uh, to watch. Uh, I am American now, but the last vestiges of my Englishness cling to me, yeah. and they are that I find it hard to watch with my own eyes. Never mind French glory, but even French happiness. But despite that, France deserved this World Cup win. They are an, an astonishing collective in a World Cup, which the big lesson was that the individual stars, Messi, Ronaldo, Mo Salah, uh, I mean, all of them, just wilted um, and the squads outweighed the individual stars the French stars and they have real stars they subsume their egos they found a way to play as a true collective in Didier Deschamps slightly kind of handbrake on first risk averse system I mean haters can say they needed an own goal a penalty a deflection goal to win it and it should have <laughs> it would have been 2-1 to Croatia without that I'll say it's richly deserved Dave this win Without a doubt. No, um, I mean, N'Golo Kante, just even for him. Yeah, no, player of the tournament, N'Golo Kante for me. Um, even though I know Luca won it, um, I thought he was phenomenal. And I don't think France would have been there without him. I didn't have a great game today, picked up the booking, um, but had an amazing tournament. And I've got to credit Deschamps, who believed in youth, not just Kylian Mbappe. But two months ago, everyone said Benjamin Mendy, Shark Team, and Sidibe would uh, would be starting in this World Cup. Instead, he went with Benjamin Pavard and yeah. Lucas Hernandez, yeah. and it worked, it worked, it worked. Today, they got the medals amidst the flooded rains from Vladi um, to watch the medal ceremony with Megan Rapinoe, knowing that in 10 months, the Women's World Cup kicks off in France. I will raise my bud and say to glory, to American glory. Um, the real winner of this World Cup, though, Davo, Vladimir Putin, a global triumph. Yeah, it's a tie for me between Vladimir Putin and VAR. Um, but I think Russia had a good World Cup. Their team did well. Um, fantastic reports from almost everyone who went to this World Cup. You know, read Gareth Southgate's words today about how well his team were treated by everywhere they went, by the Russian people. Um, and I think it was a very, very good show for Russia. A global triumph for Putin's regime. I mean, they've normalized Russia in the eyes of the world with FIFA playing along. I mean, a memory that we should never forget of this World Cup. Chechen warlord Ramzan Kadyrov laundering his image with a bewildered Mo Salah. Twice, twice that happened. There was a darkness at the heart of the joy of this World Cup. And, it, uh, and that, tr uh, that truth in these dark times should never be lost. Um, but God love, we should have a quick word about England and Belgium. We resist reading too much into friendlies or third place games, right, Dave? Yeah, I also completely blew the kickoff time, so I missed the first 45 minutes. Um, the first 45 minutes of the methadone of World Cup withdrawal, yeah. the third place game. The, the third place game is really the bad breakup sex of World Cup football yeah. games, wouldn't you I say? I mean, look, from an England perspective, I think what was interesting is you are starting to get a glimpse. Neither team put on the scrubs. The team's like put out real teams and Gareth Southgate um, I think sat the players that he's not sure will be back in his plans for the next Euros and the next World Cup um, so you know no place for Jordan Henderson no place jo Jamie Vardy didn't come in off the bench made some changes in the the, the, the back line replaced um, you know Carl Walker with Phil Jones that 
<laughs> I might debate him quite quite strongly <laughs> on. Um, but it was interesting and had Eric Dyer sitting in a, you know, England controlled the ball in midfield much better actually against yeah. Belgium. But it's hard to know who was how trying. hard Belgium were really wasn't were really pushing. So it was it was difficult. I thought it was a fairly even game, but Belgium's class, uh, you know, won out in the end with goals in the first half and the second. Three and a half minutes on the clock they scored. It took three and a half minutes before everyone was like, oh, England are crap. Danny Rose is crap. Pickford's too small. This World Cup's going to be a disaster. The only highlight, really, from an English perspective was when Romelu Lukaku was substituted. Harry Kane applauded him off as he went because that meant that an Englishman had won the golden boot at this World Cup, which is not nothing. I will say, though, if I was a Spurs fan watching Harry Kane clearly exhausted and physically ground down, yet on the field in this meaningless World Cup game with the Premier League season yawning wide ahead, I would be like... WTF. Arsenal fans, on the other hand, though, but I did love the tweet from Matt Schaefer-Spur, who said, it's all right, Harry will be fine. He takes August off anyway. We're good. We're good. Uh, Azard, Davo, the finishing goal. Real Madrid going to be very, very good next season when you look at him finish like that. Well, how do you feel about Hazard right now? A Chelsea um, legend, but... I'm delighted that he's... Look, I'm a big Eden Hazard fan. I'm delighted he's had a great World Cup. Um, he's really shown what he can do. I think it's, this has been a more consistent World Cup for Eden Hazard than we've seen him play in a major tournament before. Um, and I think it looks very much like uh, him and his Chelsea teammate Thibaut Courtois are leaving and going to Spain uh, together. And this is going to decimate Chelsea, a club already decimated through its own you know, malfeasance in terms of the players they've let go, the manager who they've now let go. I'm going into a Premier League season in a very, very strange place with the club that I've supported since the age of four. Don't quite know how to feel about it, to be honest. I'm still a Chelsea fan, but I don't feel very good about the club. I love the team. I don't feel very good about the club right now. <sighs> we will debrief. We will debate. We will frame the season with that thought. I will say we got a tweet from after that goal from at McCallion who said, watching Phil Jones get the angle wrong and be beaten on a goal, it just makes me say, I can't wait for the Premier League season to start. We raise our beer. Thank you to England for the memories. Thank you, World Cup 2018, World Cup, oh, Rogue State World Cup for all the memories. It's been an amazing 32 days of football, of America falling in love with football. You were right, Davo. You were right. This World Cup has succeeded in America Arguably, even more so because America were not in it. I was, a, a, a lot of big cat, when I spoke to him, he said, this World Cup has been more popular because America didn't crap the bed, which meant that people who hate the sport couldn't say, yeah, we're crapping it, so we hate it. They could only watch with wonder yeah. and savor the whole thing. You were right. Yeah, very often the best World Cups are the World Cups that your team aren't in. 74-78 for me. 94, my favourite World Cups when England didn't qualify. There have been so many new Premier League fans minted over the past 32 days in the United States. We welcome you all. We've had, we've had quite a good World Cup and Men in Blazers. We've had 11 sold-out shows in 10 different states. We've had one New York Times best-selling book, which is oh. evidence more than anything of the New York Times just as falling apart as an yeah. institution. Yeah, we've killed the book business. We've had a podcast, American Fiasco, that was number one on iTunes. I Survived Moscow with J-Dubs. Yeah. We've had a lot of life. We've had a lot of love. We raise our buds to more, to more. We say farewell, Hans, the lighting guy from the Volkswagen commercials. <laughs> Only 15,091 <laughs> days till the start of 2022 World Cup. 
Only 328 days till the Women's World Cup. Go, 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 USA. And even better than all of that, I know you feel this at home, listeners. Everton won yesterday. 22-0, David. All right, all right. They were playing fifth Gek. division Austrian opposition. Okay. But that was just Marco Silva's first game. Imagine, imagine what the score's going to be when he actually gets the team really peaking. Yeah. We're off to the golf in Scotland tomorrow. We go live on NBCSN every bloody night from Wednesday to Sunday at 11 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Ugh. I'm going to be wearing a kilt. Davo's going to oh, no. be Davo's going to be talking to world elite golfers. Yeah. I'm going to be eating a lot of pie, a lot of blood sausage. J-Dubs and I are going to chippy for lunch tomorrow. Raise my bud to you, Davo. Give your last word to sports, to life, to love. To Scotland. <laughs> Courage. <laughs>